Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Towers. Go to my website and 
click the buttons on all that we have going on, but definitely go to ChristUniversity.org and see what we have. Now, we're doing some very interesting things here, and I thought we should share some of these interesting things. Would you like to share? I would love to share. You know, my passion, um, my passion for the last, I don't know, 25 years at least, I want to say 20, 25 years, has been elevate the offices of the apostles and prophets to credible and credentialable uh, ministries. My prayer has been that they would become agreeable as is the pastors, the evangelists, and the teachers. You know, you can get a degree in pastoral care and pastoral ministry. You can get a degree in, uh, you know, missions and evangelism and missionology and all of those kinds of things. You can get a degree in a teacher. You know, education degrees are huge. But when we go to 1 Corinthians 12, 28, it says first apostles and secondarily prophets. Think about that. Just just take a moment to think about that. First apostles, secondarily prophets. And then thirdly, teachers. Now, these are not the same declarations as Ephesians 4.11, which is probably why so many people are confused about how do you, what's the difference? How do you reconcile the two? But it says first and second. Now, you could trace that language down to, you can go all the way back to when we just grunted. You're still going to come up with first and second, one grunt or two grunts. So there's no getting around that. And for years, We've tried to. I mean, for years, there's, I mean, tons and tons and tons of, of commentary and theology and doctrines trying to downstay it, unsay it, whatever. But first is first and second is second. And, of course, we have teachings on both. But here's the problem. The problem is that if you're first and if you're second, why aren't you agreeable? If you are the, the catalyst, let's say we just want to call you a catalyst. Maybe we want to call number one a trigger. Maybe we might want to call you an hour hit, whatever it is. But if you are initiated, then why aren't we agreeable? How is it that you can't get the credibility in the planet or in the kingdom of God that the pastor gets, and yet you know that the New Testament mentions pastor once, once, not even one, once. One time in Ephesians 4, 11 is the pastor mentioned. Teachers are mentioned a little bit more, evangelists a little bit more, but the pastor only once. And yet that one mention has given them kingdom-wide, or I won't say kingdom because that's not accurate, ecclesial-wide dominion. So everybody likens the spiritual leader to a pastor. That is not Bible. That is not Bible, people. It is not Bible. Pastors were not even existing when apostles and prophets were setting up churches. They went from apostles and prophets to elders, you know, and then eventually we ended up with the shepherds. So I'm, it's, a, it's a legitimate office, but the hierarchy is off. And in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, those are the institutional offices. These are the, rather the constitutional offices. And so the other, for Ephesians 4, 11, those are the administrative offices. Those are administrative gifts. And so you have the, the constitutional institutional arm, because if you look at the word God has set, it actually is instituted. The first instituted was the apostle under the, under the Old and New Testament, and then the prophet under the Old and New Testament. Now, 
We have pastors and shepherds, um, which were more allegorical than anything else, because under the Old Testament you had, you know, the, the king, the prophet, the priest. That was, the, that was it. So even then, those references to pastors were pretty much allegorical. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. We won't get into that discussion. But we have no way to be first and second or, you know, if we don't have the same level of credentials and credential ability. And we don't have that right now. And that has been my fight and been my war. I've not chased money. God knows I didn't. I've not chased numbers. I've, I've been building for the last 20-plus years, building the institution to support the credentialability of these two offices. And while, I, you know, I, everybody has their job to do. Everybody has. And God told me that he was switching his church into the hands of apostles and prophets. And you know what? How he does it is very peculiar because God doesn't work with his best. He starts with the least and then moves into his bed. And so we, we here at Price University finally found that, got to the point that we can at least give it a, a university status. And we're working with that and some of the other significant organizations in town. Um, but we can never be taken seriously. I'm telling you this. You can all say, well, you know, um, so-and-so been an apostle, and this one's been an apostle, and all of that. You can say that, but let me give you a little bit of insight from the mind of God. When God starts anything new, it's like everything else you start. There is no structure. There's the gathering. There's the announcement. There's the awakening. But there is no structure. Structure comes after the fullness of all of the talents and gifts, etc., have manifested themselves and become identifiable and engageable. Are you all following me on this? Is this speaking to anybody out there? Because I want you to hear me differently. So when God first starts, it always starts in mayhem. It's always mayhem. Everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes because nobody has a reference or a manual or a tool to refer to, to alter their perspective. Now, interesting thing about God, he pulled Israel out of Egypt, and they were just a mob in the wilderness. But what was God doing when he got them into the wilderness? He had Moses up there getting their government, getting their constitution, getting their nationhood, getting their priesthood, getting their religion. Moses was up there get, getting the entire theocratic constitution and government that God would use to order these people when it was time to take them from mayhem to a monarchy. So it was a big deal. That's how he worked. And we don't often get that kind of information because everybody is just so busy spouting off what they remember from the old and they're adapting and editing from the old to fix the new that they don't really go into those, those prototypical roots and those archetypical roots of God. God is the same. He doesn't change. Whenever there is mayhem, there is somebody, there is a Moses in the mountains off somewhere getting the whole constitution, getting all of the documentation and all of the accreditation ready, getting all of the business done, laying out the order, the structures, the hierarchy that's going to keep it, because mayhem doesn't keep anything. As long as we have this free-for-all that we're having right now, this thing is going to be nowhere. It's just going to be a wonderful time to go out and just kind of like have, a, have our own version of a weekend blast. You just keep going out having these experiential blasts and nothing else. Nothing comes of it. Nothing comes of it except for the host and the sponsors. And so 
here we are now. God is doing this thing. And, and so he's let this run. He's let it run its course. And I'm telling you, it's run its course. I don't care what anybody tells you. Trust me on God. I know God. It's run its course. And God is going to start shutting things down and forcing, because that's what he did. He does all the time. He lets mayhem do it. You make any stream, put your name anywhere, do anything. But then he begins to put the squeeze on us. And he begins to squeeze this thing and shut things down, so he's squeezing them into a central point. He has done it once. He always does it that way. What we need to be figuring out is where that central point is. Because when God gets ready to shut something or move down or alter it, all of a sudden he just lifts the furor. He just lifts the favor. He just lifts the appeal, lifts the attraction. He doesn't have to work that hard because he's on the inside of his body. And he shifts it to where he wants. These are his divine resources and his virtues and his providences, his values and his faith. That's a whole package. He takes and just lifts it and put it where it wants. Flicks a button, and there we go. The magnetism is back where he wants it. We, we, we've seen it, but we don't want to acknowledge it. And nobody wants to think that they're going to be a victim of it. That's kind of difficult. So for all of these 20 years, this is what I've been doing. I've been writing, setting up the institution, setting up the assessments, setting up the criteria, establishing textbooks, establishing um, uh, teachings and, and theologies and doctrines, all of that for the squeeze. Because I promise you by the spirit of the living God who is witnessing between us now, the squeeze is coming. And what you've seen as a free-for-all will be no more. They will be the fringe. They'll always be a fringe of rebels. Rebels are always on the fringe. Not sure they want to be in, not sure they want to be out. So they'll always be a fringe. So here, that's how God does it. Now, why is he doing it? Because God, if he cannot decree something to be first and something to be second and have no mechanism by which to enforce that decree. Uh, you know, that was good. I got to get something. Let me just slap a little slap down for something. I slap. So I can tell you that the decree has gone out. It has. And now God is doing it. And so, I, you know, I set up a program for, in my organization for um, um, apostleship commissioning. Now, I know that people are commissioning the way you send out evangelists. Because, you see, they have, this last move never broke from evangelism. It never did, mm-hmm. which is why people can't see any difference between them. They never moved into the sphere of apostleship. That office has not been open to them. They've been operating on their gifts. They told you it's been a gift, and they've been operating only on their gift. They've never said to you anything more. Now, they can call it an office all they want, but they're, all they're doing is tr- doing the same thing evangelists has been doing under another label. All right? So they, they, they commission you. You go there. I mean, I was just talking to one of my uh, near counselors who went to a recent uh, apostolic gathering, and pretty much one of the teachers said, well, you know, the head of the organization said to me, it's not time for you to be an apostle, so I think we're going to commission you as an apostle, period. Oh, yeah, what's that? Oh, well, it's, you know, it's whatever. Well, well, what do I need to do? Well, when you get to the kingdom, we'll tell you what to do. Now, I don't even know when the kingdom got a megaphone, but I'm going to leave that alone. And so, because nothing to do with the king. It's all about just the kingdom. And so... And and so he's saying to me how flabbergasted he is that this woman knows nothing. So she says, so they commissioned me as possible. I don't know why. I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess when we're done with this, we'll figure it out. 
and then went on to say later how um, they just commissioned a whole bunch of other people just because they wanted it. So you can tell. What do you know from that? What can you tell from that? Well, let me give you an answer. You can tell that we don't take ourselves seriously. We don't think what we do has significance. We don't think it's important that we have the best. We don't think it's important that people are knowledgeable. We think it's important that people have an experience or are able to lead folks into an experience and not into the very lifestyle of the king, not into citizenship in the king. Because nowhere on any other job, any other career, no. Could could you do it? You couldn't walk up to your supervisor, Martha. I think I should be promoted. Okay, well, listen, put your name on this list. We're going to have a promotion ceremony tonight just because you asked. Where would you do that? You couldn't. You could not do that. You could barely get past the first floor if you work in the lobby. You have key codes that stop the that won't let the elevator take you any higher. You have training. Most of you all had to have training for your job. So this person is an apostle over a phone call and a hunch. That is unfortunate. It is so unfortunate, but that is how it's done, people. It's done that way because they don't expect you to do anything more with that commission than walk around with an empty title. Very hollow experience. That's what they expect. And And what are they saying? It's an assumptive office. I'm assuming this office. We're assuming it with no credentials, no order, and then the people at the top are not keepers at all. They're just reapers. Just reapers. And so I said uh, when we started doing this, we started our class, our AIT class, for those who want to be commissioned as a quality apostle, and that I have to say quality and credentials because people have to know the difference between those who paid the price, those who went the path, and those who didn't. You know, there's a whole lot of wild root field learners. You know, you just, well, we're just going to learn from walking through the, we'll just take the berry here and pick a flower there. But then there is structure, and God is structure. I don't care how much people tell you he isn't, God is structure, and God is order. And God has an order, and he is hierarchical because he's the top. And he's layered his whole kingdom coming all the way down, whether we like it or not. But in this, in this equation, nobody even knows that God is real. People are given the impression God isn't real, God doesn't matter, he doesn't care, that righteousness is who, who cares. It's all about the numbers. It's all about the experience. It's all about everything. And it's sad to see so many people tear down the fabric of this man's kingdom and the years of work that he's done that he's put into establishing Christianity as a world power, a world force. It is tragic. Now, it's not like it was unanticipated because, well, God did. So anyway, getting back to that, so we have, a, we have a, a number of apostles that are going through over the next three to, right now, the way the numbers are increasing, three to five years. And, and we have a structure, and we have training. My apostles will never stand up there and tell you they don't know why they are apostles. That will never happen. They will never stand up and tell you that they don't know what kind of apostle they are. They will never tell you that they don't know their commission or what it means or how to carry it out. They will not tell you what the mind of God is. They will not tell you they don't understand how God thinks. None of that happens because the program is meant to, to mirror the apostles that have founded the church. Ours is a mirror program. It mirrors the, the way God brought it to the earth. That was good too. Wouldn't that good? Woo! We got a little ring there. Did you hear that? A little ring. 
and so they have to do it. Now they can do it at their, you know, they have it at their pace or whatever. But I have some very brilliant people in this program, and they're going to help God take this thing back in truth. They're going to help God bring it back under. Now, I've had folks, uh, we offered it to a couple of people. They would decline it because, well, I mean, I don't think it takes all of that. And, and what I'm, No, it didn't take all of that for us to arrive here. But from where we're going, it's going to take all of that because people are sick of this. They're, they're sick of it. They, don't, they mistrust it. The credibility shot. And people today are looking for credibility, and they're looking for credible ministers. And that's what's important. And so I, we, we, we have the program there. If you're interested, that's one of the reasons why we have. Um, we founded this school primarily to establish and to create a framework and a, a divinely approved structure for reestablishing apostles and prophets at the top of the church. Now, but we have more. There is more. Because we not, we're not only doing that, it's not just a platform process. We have basic education. We have a ministry training, ministry credentialing program, where we, where we do the work of valid training and validating the ministers that are going out in your name. Because when, when, when the best starts coming forward, the, the least starts showing up for what it is. But until you see the better and the best, you don't know the difference. It's kind of like the person that says, well, I'm as smart as John, even if he does have a higher IQ. You don't know, the, you don't know what a higher IQ even means. You just claim an equality with somebody who is better than you so that you don't feel the least. And then all of a sudden, John turns around and builds a top telescope that just shows us 19 new planets, at which point you'll say, I could have done that, too, if I wanted to. See, that's your default setting, because you assumed Face, at face value, you're equal. You assume at face value there is no difference. One funny thing about intelligence, skills, knowledge, talent, and ability is two people are sitting on the front row in a movie, nobody cares, and nobody can tell the difference. It's after they leave the movie and sit down and discuss what they saw that you know the difference. And so we have um, ministry credentialing program. We have Root of Life Empowerment, which is our kind of our community college school. We, uh, where people, you come in and you get various skills and, and strength for your job, for your home, for your family. We have family training, marriage counseling. We have a host of things there. You can have a great time because you can start there. You can start there until you make up your mind what you want. I don't know. I just want to learn how to think the Paul Price way. Well, that's fine. Because we are scripturally organic, culturally unmodified. You can't find that anywhere. You can find the, the echo, but you can't find the substance. And I want you to understand, there are echoes all the time, but you need to know the difference between an echo and the original sound. Because the substance is there. The echo will repeat itself until it fades out. The original will not only repeat itself, it will increase and intensify and diversify itself because it has the full package. So you have to decide because, see, the church is good at following little Sir Echo. You know, well, so-and-so does it, and he doesn't require you to have three years. I mean, you can get out of there in three days, and that's all God's ever going to use you for. For all the big talk, look at where people are, look at where their work is gone, look at the products they have, look at what they bring back to the Lord. Because those things tell the story, not what they say, what they sow and what they deliver to the world. You need to pay attention to that. So we do have that. So we have that. And, of course, we have our famous prophetic ed, which you definitely want to be a part of if you are a prophet. Now, again, I'm looking at this Christianity Today article, 
and it says here the prophets and apostles leading the quiet, leading the quiet revolution in American religion. And that's a quiet revolution. And you all should look at it. Now it's kind of kind of sort of strange. You know, there's a kind of sort of strange thing in there. But what I do know is that the essence of apostleship is not in any of these responses. What apostleship really is to Jesus Christ, not in these responses. God is treated as an incidental here. Jesus, he's barely mentioned. You know, he's, that, that man, that guy, he loses his look. Come on. That's always your number one buzzword. Yeah, that, never. With this contemporary apostleship, and this is going back 15 years. Yes. Going to apostles' conferences, and the Lord's not mentioned. I mean, and being there three, four days. Yeah. And I'm like, is Jesus, maybe we didn't give him an invitation. Maybe he's sitting in the parking lot. And so, because we don't, this thing has been separated. I just feel so bad for the Lord because it's been separated from the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's been tagged on as prosperity, materiality, um, influence. Um, one article, one quote, it says here, um, Peter Wagon, Peter Wagner, a leader in the New Apostolic Reformation movement, referred to himself as a super apostle because he was influential with a bunch of other apostles. Not Jesus. That's a def- that becomes a defining point. And I'm looking at this thing, and they're talking about, and I have more to do because I'm going to deal with it, but we're talking about these people are just about a more experiential, embodied way of understanding religion. We just we just make people feel good, and that's when I gotta come. I gotta you gotta lay hands on me. Y'all can fall out in the spirit, and I can feel the energy. And while these are all legitimate, they are not preeminent, and we've lost the preeminence of this thing. And you can't have the preeminence without Jesus Christ. Apostleship for the Christian came to came to the earth through the man Christ Jesus. Paul, I mean, bore off. Sorts of things. Now, that doesn't mean that they didn't exist. There'll always be false apostles, pseudo apostles. There'll always be self-serving and ambitious apostles. That's, that's humanity. Every field will have that. Every field. Don't act as if it's only the church. But it is our job to look for the truth, the truth that will stand the test of time, that will stand withstand the storms and all of these other things. And so I was looking at this. Now, I'm happy about the title because God said to me, apostles are getting ready to take over his church. But, you know, not every church should have an apostle, actually. Some churches don't need it. Other churches won't be able to respond to it. And some churches just do not require that level of spiritual and divine leadership. Some churches are just not built for apostles. Now, you might want to tack on or whatever, whatever. But some churches are not built for apostles. The kingdom is where apostles shine. They shine there. But, but as far as the, the, uh, the church, not every church can, can handle that, you know? I have a question uh, from Periscope, and we actually had a conversation about this this week. Should apostleship be only attached to the more mature saints, or is apostleship for the new believers? Well, if we go by scripture, which is all I know, everybody who heard the gospel from the apostle believed it. <laughs> Nobody heard it before. When Jesus brought it to the 12, they became new believers. And then the apostles came and their doctrine, and where are we getting these doctrines from? They preached to new believers. That high, lofty, 
you know, this is an interesting conversation, that high, lofty, deep spiritual stuff that we say nobody's ready for, that started with new believers. That started with people who only heard Jesus. Jesus preached to new people. He preached to unsaved folks. Most people don't realize Jesus' ministry in the planet was entirely to unborn-again people. They weren't born again. They didn't have the Holy Ghost. They didn't know about speaking in tongues. They had, this man has come preaching something that they, they can't even figure out what it is. They said it was difficult, but he said when the Holy Ghost comes, he's going to teach you what I'm saying. He's going to make it make sense. That's a, just a great question, and it gave us an opportunity to kill. Hold on. Another bird. Yes, because we need to stop that. Sometimes an error can be so replicated and so perpetuated, it takes on the life and power of authority and truth. But when Jesus preached and when the first apostles got started, they, there were no pastors. There were no alternatives to the apostles. If you were going to follow Jesus Christ, you were going to be apostolic. They're in. There were no alternatives because the apostles, well, did everything. And they, it took them a little bit. I know we like to think that they did it all in three weeks. Right. But they didn't. And so when, we, when people give me that argument, I say, well, that's a new wash in scripture. It may wash in theology. All right? It may wash in doctrine. It may even wash in those who have been ripping the fabric of the church from the grip of the Holy Spirit. But if you're going to be in Jesus Christ, apostolic is your first door. How'd that go? Did that go over really well? Yes. <laughs> Especially the gavel. The ga- y'all like the gavel, huh? Yeah, and I got a little ring in it. So I can't hit it too hard because I got a ring. But I want you to understand. So when you talk New Testament, you cannot talk New Testament and negate apostles. And you can't negate a prophet because they're the ones that foreran the apostles. You cannot do that. And this, you know, all of these discussions and these answers and whatnot in this article, I'm like, this is tragic. This is very, very tragic. And, you know, everybody keeps trying to bring you down to another religion, you know, because to bind you to their perception or to bind you to what they can understand. You know, like, you know, we're another ligament in the spiritual chain. But that's not what we're talking about. Can you do a plug for ABCs 1 and 2? I think it's like some place is asking about the possible lives. Not out there. You have to actually be in the Apostles' training. Yeah. You get your hands on that. You know, I'm going to grab that because it's right behind you. Okay. And uh, my, my bigger books, I guess we still have to find the, the larger ones. I um, began to address what we have discussed here several years ago, but start with this book. It's a congregational book. It is not a, um, a devotional at all. It's not a textbook like that. It is a congregational book. And so as a congregational book, it is called the ABCs of Apostleship. And so we're just moving in our office. It may be stuck in that drawer over there. But ABCs of Apostleship, and here it is, an introductory overview, Apostleship from God to you. When, if you look at everything that you read about this, it's very little about the people. Even in this article, article, it's about the people having a wonderful spiritual encounter experience or something like that. But, but there's very little about you. What does apostleship mean to you? I started that when I wrote this book 
called ABC of Apostleship. It's, it's units one through six. There are, um, let's see, there are six units, and, and yeah, six units, and it's just a small little thin book. It has a big workbook to go with it, though, if you ever want to work it out with your congregation. Um, but it's online at my website, right? Amen. Hallelujah. com, And so this is a great book to start. And it's, it, it was meant to be a simple read. And it was meant to explain apostleship to you as a Christian and also to explain whether or not you are a good candidate for an apostolic church because not everybody is, not a real apostolic church. You know, now we have some, you know, again, sign changers. You know, we just change the sign. But there, but you have to know what a real apostolic church is. I think that it might be in this drawer here, the bigger ones might be under there, but I wanted you to know because from here I wrote ABCs too. With the book that I launched Tuesday night, I launched Tuesday night when we were doing Discipling Apostolic Christians because I began to realize that Christians come in all types. If leaders come in all types, then bodies come in all types. You realize that? You know, if leaders come in all types, then you better know that bodies come in all types, congregations come in all types. So there are evangelical Christians. Not all Christians are evangelical, nor are they meant to be. There are pastoral Christians. I mean, just the church-going folk, the people who just love God, love the church of God, love the shepherd thing, love the whole church experience. So there is that. There are teachable people, people who are very heady. The, supreme, the cerebral Christians need that. They need a teaching church. They need to be fed, and they don't just need their, their hearts inflamed, and they don't just need their spirits fed. They need their intelligence fed, and they need their soul nurtured in the truths of God. So that is, a, you know, you're going to always see a lot of discipleship in those kinds of churches. And then when you go to the prophets, there is still, that, that is a, a kind of a, uh, what I like to call our cerebral spirituals or numerous spirituals, and these people, these, they have to have intelligence, but they need the intelligence of the seen and unseen world. They have to have that. And to them, um, if, if this is, world is it, they feel like, okay, if this is it, I'm out. This, I'm, I'm not even going to do it. And they want to understand, pastoral Christians, I mean, prophetic Christians need to have answers. They are inquisitive. There are, they're exploratory. They're, they are very engaged in crack and seal. They like to break the seal on things. Very, very important. And then when you get to that apostolic Christian, you're talking about a Christian that knows the churches on earth to do more than sit and eat and drink and be fed. And we're on earth to do more than that, that we are to be, we are to engage the unseen powers so that we can displace them with the dominion of Jesus Christ. Now that's Bible. We don't have to, you know, I looked in here and the, and the guy who's being inter- interviewed made some, some sort of statement about claiming God and whatever. I'm like, are you kidding me? Everybody claims God. God is probably the most claimed, ignored person we know. He's claimed by everybody. And so everybody claims God. Everyone, they have some sort of a prayer, some sort of this, some sort of that, some sort of the other. But this is the other book, the, the one that you want after you finish this, you want this. And you want to get this book. It's called Discipling Apostolic Christians. It's book two, and it's a congregational discipleship study guide, text, and workbook. And it is literally a walkthrough for your church to bring them into the fullness of apostolic Christianity because we've not done that. Even reading all of this, 
There is no plan. There's no program. There's no process to bring the Christian into this. A lot of Christians who are sitting in apostolic, uh, in, in evangelical churches and, and, you know, congregational churches and teaching churches, they're bored because they're ready for the next level. They're ready to do something with what they've learned, but they've re- they're also ready to engage. And see, not every Christian wants to engage the world or engage the things of God in their everyday life. They don't want to bring Christ to the world. We don't mind taking him to the nations because we just go by plane and come back home. But there is a bigger thing. And we cover all of this. So when you decide, when you, the day the show is over, you go, go to Price University and say, you know what, I want to explore more of what they have. We are not traditional. We are not typical. You have heard me for years. You know what, you, what comes out of my mouth is not commonplace. It's often repeated, but it's not commonplace. I have originated this thing, the entire package of scripturally organic, culturally modified Christianity. That's what God gave us. He gave us new era apostleship. He gave us discipling apostolic Christians. He gave us commissioned and credentialing apostles and even credentialing ministers in general. He gave us that. Our commissioning ceremony is not somebody buying a, putting a, a knife on your shoulder saying like you're being knighted. We don't knight you. We are commissioning you. And there is documentation. You can come back to everybody that I've ever been with or trained. They can give you documentation that they deserve this. And the church needs to start asking for it. You need to start asking for credentials and not just certificates, asking for credentials, asking for what makes a person qualified to stand over your life and to take your resources or to impart to you what they have. You should ask. Paul and all of their, they had signs of apostleship, which were more than signs and wonders and miracles. And I'm going to tell you something. If, if, the, if the miracles that they're laying claim to are the same ones we've been looking at for the last 20, 50 years, no wonder everybody's confused. Because there are some, there's a dimension of the miraculous that comes with apostleship. Matter of fact, I, I have a course called, you know, the, the Apostle and Signs and Wonders and Miracles. And, and, and when I looked it up, and I dug deep because I, I said, God, I need the fullness of this. I, I can't just take a word here and snatch a statement there and all of that. And so when I finally looked it up, it said that, that apostles have a, a branch of miracles that's proprietary to that office. And with those miracles, they, there comes the providences that enable them to provide for God's people. But they said, but what Paul had was the, the literal reserved exclusive dimension of miracle authority, not just power, authority that God reserved for certain classes of apostles. And so you think about it, we exist, the Gentiles exist today because of his miracles. And so, but, but, but again, people always want to take the, the, the spectacular way out. They want to fall into the, the showmanship and all of that. And it, it feels great. You know, when the power of God is moving through you and you're doing this and doing that, it's wonderful. But when I read my Bible, the man who supplied the power, the most anointed apostle we ever had, the Lord Jesus Christ, he still talks. He still taught. He didn't care how spectacular that word, that that thing was. He taught. He taught. Now he healed their issues. He helped them, you know, because we didn't have Walgreens and all of them people there, and so pharmacies and stuff. But 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 they had a sort of 
but he taught. And one thing he told me, I don't care how spectacularly my power moves through you. You are to teach my people. He said, and teach them to know me, teach them my way of life, teach them how to live as new creatures in Christ Jesus, as immortal beings in clay vessels. That's our job. So I always teach because he mandated me to teach. And so I teach. Now, I lay hands. Sometimes I do on my church. Sometimes I don't. It depends on whether or not God wants it to be or whether or not people need my dispensation. Because all apostles have an apothecary dispensation to dispense to those that they serve. But this whole idea of, okay, we're just going to have meeting after meeting and and on and on and on, Mm -mm. not so. I have a church because I teach so, so, so differently, and my teaching is so distinct that I have to create a place for the body to come and gather with other like-minded folks to understand and to share in the growth of my teaching. We have a school because I told you. We are credentialing God. This, I'm telling you, the squeeze is coming. So we are prepared. And if you're part of what God is going to do instead of being addicted to what he's done, and gripped by his, what he's finishing, then you need to enroll in Price University. You need to go to priceuniversity.org and say, I'm getting started. And we have a, a host of classes. If you're not at this level where you're ready to take our advanced programs, that's okay. We have programs to bring you up to speed. You don't have to fear to bring you up to speed. And many of you don't know because you think you won't get it. Because, you know, people will tell you, because they've done this to me. Satan likes to do this a lot. Well, you know, that's hard. Well, you know, Dr. Price, she's going to really require you to do stuff. You know, that's really difficult. Because they tell us. Yeah, well, my pastor said that that's a lot of work and on and on and on. And my apostle said, but understand this. Understand this. If that's all it takes to sell you out of, sell you out of excellence back down to mediocrity, then you probably weren't called to it. Because the good wants to be good. The good wants to work hard. The good wants to show the world their difference. They live to show people what good is. Because for the better part of life, we deal with the everyday, mundane, routine mediocrity. You know, that's why when a superstar comes or when somebody greater comes along, everybody's like, wow. And they stand out. They stand out because those are once-in-a-lifetime flashes of light and beacons that God sends into humanity's darkness for a purpose, the major one being to advance it to the next level. God wants to advance his body. And in order to advance his body or to secure his body's advancement, he has to advance leaders who can receive them in their advanced state, who can serve them, who can protect them and safeguard them and can and enrich them in their advanced state of existence. So do not allow fear of being good or becoming the best talk you out of enrolling and finishing your program because I promise you when when it's in you it's in you you'll have maybe difficulty the first maybe six weeks I won't even lie to you maybe the first six weeks but after a while the Holy Ghost will begin to write this thing because he's recoding your soul he's recoding your mind he's recoding your your understanding how do you know this Dr. Price because he did it to me because I was not born like this. Trust me on this here thing. If ever somebody wants to give God some glory, I can. I have uh, God uh, watched him rewrite me, rebuild me, reconstruct me, recode me. I watched him do it. And he'd like to do that for you. So how did I, how did I get it done? I didn't run. I didn't run. 
I didn't run from him. I bit the bullet, sucked it up, and gritted my teeth a lot, <laughs> a whole lot. But I did that because I wanted to be his best. He needed me. And I'm telling you today, God needs you to be great. God needs you. Come on, hit your own table. Come on, hit your deck. It's up. God needs you to be great because you can't change the world with people who can't who are not great. It takes great people to pull off a great vision. And most people find their greatness when they're all overwhelmed, when they're in over their head. That's when you find out there's something great in me. There's something powerful in me. There's something forceful in me. You will never know it if you stay in the safe lane. You keep going to those little six-week courses. You keep going to those little weekend this. You keep selling for those little three-month certificates that don't say anything, that enable you to do what? You keep doing that. You'll never know that you're great. Now, those belong in the kingdom. They belong to somebody. The question is, do they belong to you? Or are you not a part of the great ones? Those apostles that followed Jesus Christ did not know they were great until he upgraded them. And when he upgraded them, they knew they were better. They knew that they were there. Now, they are all, I bet you we could sit down with them today. They'd all say, I had an inkling. I felt like this was, I just knew. I always had dreams of, and some of you are like them. You had dreams of greatness. You've had inkling. You've tested this. You read this book, and then you told your friend you were reading, oh, yeah, don't mess with that Paul Price stuff, because, honey, that's a hard, that's a cerebral. What do you, who do you think is telling these people to say this to you? To keep you out of your purpose, to keep you out of your destiny. Some of us are arguing with God right now. God, you told me that I was going to be wealthy and I was going to prosper. Yeah, but you're not in the path of your prosperity, and you are not working toward your wealth. Because you're staying with a three-month certificate where you just get an opportunity to say something every six Sundays to people who don't care and others who won't listen and more who won't obey. You deserve great. And let me tell you something. Greatness will bring you before great people. See, great people don't want mediocrity because they got to get a job done. Great folks, high leaders, thought leaders, they understand the task put before them. And unless you get educated to their level, you can't bring them anything but idiocy. And I'm telling you, I've sat down with them, idiocy. Will you say all kinds of stuff nobody means? You need a good communications course so you can take your, your, your spiritual prophecy and translate it into something that the modern world can understand and comprehend? You who are great, don't you stop letting people tell you that it doesn't take all of that. Great people will tell you how hard it was. They'll tell you how long it took. They'll tell you how many sleepless nights they had. They will tell you what it did. They'll tell you what God did. They'll tell you a whole lot of things. But what they won't tell you is that it was easy. And some of you all, you are sitting on the fence talking about, I don't know, because, you know, I heard Dr. Price, and you're using money as an excuse because if your car broke down and you had to get a new car, you find some money because that's the value. But being great, some of you, God wants you to go to Kings. And I, when, when I see prophets give, prophets give that word, and I look at this person in this little three-month program, I'm thinking, what do you want to say when you get there? Even God doesn't want to be embarrassed. You realize we embarrass God all the time? We embarrass God. He opens up doors. He's got to keep working with one hand behind his back. He's got to keep working with his, with his uh, the least that he could get because people don't think he's worth it. 
And if he does get great ones, he has to get them without the Holy Ghost because these people don't believe in spiritual things. He's always handicapped. He's handicapped by people. He's handicapped by childishness and idiocy and, and immaturity. He's handicapped by egos and arrogance. He's always handicapped. And we want to know why the church isn't taken seriously. Look at its representatives. Look at its stock and trade. We have to change this. That's why I did this. That's why I stand. That's why I fight. That's why I, I still say, you know what, I, I, I really love you, brother so-and-so, but this is going to happen, and God is going to do this, and you need to be a part of it. Stop being afraid of the path of greatness. Write that down. Stop being afraid of the path of greatness. It is not a paid road. It's gravelly. Sometimes it's rocky, and sometimes it's stone. But you know what you learn? You learn to get your balance. You learn how to keep from falling. You know how to stand and run and jump and not be taken down. You learn how not to break your ankle or sprain your ankle. You learn how to be solid. And that's what I do. I, am, I, I don't apologize for saying I'm called to the greatness, the great ones. That's who I am. That's what I'm called to. Now, some of you all, you're called to just, you know, let's go. Community college, local school, certificate program, you know. You're called to be ordained after three months. How can you be ordained to do anything real after three months? You, you, you know, you got to go to school almost three months for sewing class. The hairstylist got to go longer than three months. The nail stylist, your barber has more education than you. Your baker, more education than you. That's because we don't believe it's anything. We don't believe anything's going to come out of it. But I, I say to you, when I train people, they get fruit. And they don't just get fruit from the program. They get promotions. They get raises on their job because our program is just that practical and it's just that cross-curricular. It crosses all areas because it's dealing with Jesus Christ and the king and his kingdom, not just his church. So I'm telling you, this is different. Take my word for it. Prophet Ashley, I'm going to turn it over to you because, you know, I got excited. My goodness. We appreciate your excitement. Everybody got excited with you. First of all, if you are listening on Blog Talk Radio or if you are going to transition over to Blog Talk Radio after we're done with our broadcast Periscope portion of the show, you can call if you want to speak with Dr. Price. You can listen online, but if you want the opportunity to connect with the woman of gold, <laughs> call 319-527-6218, 319-527-6218. And, yes, thank you. And press 1 to speak with Dr. Price. That will put you in the queue, and we will uh, get you in that lineup. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your questions. We want to know your prayer requests, your concerns for your life. Okay, Dr. Price, you said we're going to jump in. We, ju- we jumped in. You know what, that's what I titled this. Let's jump in. Let's Something jump like in. that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Excuse me. And so, um, my God, you said so many things today. Let me tell you what the saints are saying. Okay, and then you'll figure out what you said. Yeah, um, when you said we can't be first and second and not be credentialed, uh, somebody said, so good to see you, my apostle, praying for you and the team. You know, as we are going through this, you were talking about mayhem doesn't keep anything. You were going through that portion mm-hmm. of your discussion. And, and that's when we started hearing the, come on, hit that deck. <laughs> You're preaching here, okay? Speak Holy Ghost, this is blessing us. Um, the squeeze is coming. You said rebels are always 
on the friend. Mm-hmm. And you said that was somebody said that was so good. Do business for God, Doctor Bryce. <laughs> yes, slam that gavel. Uh, I did it. And then in addressing, <laughs> excuse me, the article on Apostles, and the people at the top right now in this are not keepers; they're reapers. Just taking, taking, taking what they can from the fields of people, but not doing what it takes to keep and preserve mm-hmm. is a real statement. And that it's really unfortunate how many people bought in, literally, mm-hmm. with their money, savings, bonuses, mortgages, bought in to a movement that is not going to reap anything in their lives. No, not at all. Meanwhile, all the other people who have to talk to take it, take it, take it. It's that whole, like, free-for-all, like you said, we mm-hmm. switch titles. It's like one of the hotels that we, you know. Uh, uh, no. Uh, we said uh, five titles. Yeah. Uh, for after a while, I thought, man, how many people are going to buy this building? Well, actually, it was the same owner just buying it a different franchise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And changing the title. Switching the name, maybe doing some upgrades to be compliant with the new name, but it's still the same thing. Mm-hmm until they actually got all new ownership, and then you saw the difference. Exactly. And the entire structure. Okay, and then whatever you got, let me turn my page notes. Oh, you should turn. I have lots of notes. <laughs> uh, you empowered everybody to start asking for credentials. Mm-hmm. Start asking for credentials. And where's their credentials? Yes, we have so many of our people who are moving to Tulsa for the ministry. What are they saying over and over again? brilliant people, mm-hmm. very successful in their careers. Now, all of this brilliance that they had to bury mm-hmm. in other ministries that they finished. They're not saying. i got to go get a shovel and dig out my mind, mm-hmm. dig out my excellence, dig out my protocols, things that, uh, you know, you may be made fun of mm-hmm. for having standards oh, yeah. in other ministries. Here, it's like, oh, bless God Almighty, I'm just, mm-hmm. there's a place for this. I'm no, we need that. Bring, that. bring that here. We need that. Bring that to the table. In your statement, two things. God needs you to be great and stop being afraid of the path of greatness. Mm. Yeah. Did you all like those two? They did because they, they re-quoted them. <laughs> they re-quoted them. Stop being afraid of the pathway mm-hmm. of what it takes to get there. And I appreciate you addressing frontally. Don't let people talk you out. Of your intelligence. Of your intelligence. Don't let them talk you out of this, of Praise University, yeah. of this program. It is frustrating, and then it's just infuriating as an advisor to know how many people should be on a training track with us. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about somebody else because, well, I work for us. <laughs> for us. <laughs> and they go talk to Apostle so-and-so, mm-hmm. Prophet Dustin was. Their friends over here and there, and they're so on fire when they see those results of the assessment. It's speaking to their destiny. It is calling them out of their sleep. Mm-hmm. It is God all by himself doing what he is does in his people's lives, and then. They go back. They go back, and they stay back because mm-hmm. truly, as much as so many people cry about being tired of the present and mm-hmm. wanting something different, they don't have the courage the boldness to take a stand, the press, like you said, to the to face off with the fear of the pathway to greatness, mm-hmm. no matter what field it is. And, and it's true across the board. 
you know, academic institutions around the world can all make the same statement, and they could see a great, a potentially great one walk out of the door and leave because, well, I'm sorry, I just can't take this, I don't want it. And 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 the sad part about it is they say it in their youth, yes, but they pay for it in their old age. And as a as a, as an amen, to mm. them to that statement, how many people? On the phone, I can probably say one out of every three calls mm-hmm. is someone in their 50s or 60s who did not take advantage of the opportunity in their, let's just say 30s, exactly. 20s or 30s, because that calling doesn't go anywhere. No. It just goes to sleep. You can, you can swap it out, fill it with family and children and career and, and maybe somebody else's history or something else, but... At the end of your life or the second half of your life, it's still not. And it's like it gets louder and louder. If I can tell anybody, do not put your purpose into forbearance. I know it. <laughs> like forbearance, it has a terminal ending. Mm-hmm. You can only defer loans so long. Until the next day, they their money. You, you have to pay. And the same thing is true. I've seen this more and more about purpose and destiny. People mm-hmm. put it in deferment, 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 and then one day God says, hey, Mm-hmm. It's over. I got nothing else for yeah, This is it. Well, you know, Ashley, this is, it's interesting you brought that up because the Holy Spirit was talking to me about that this week and using uh, some of that, that similar language. And this is what he said. He said, you know, he said, I give people, they pray to me, tell me my destiny. I give it to them. They look at the path. They look at the requirement. They look at the sources or the objects, and to them it's distasteful. Because really they want what someone else has. They don't want their own destiny because that requires work. They want to literally pinch off someone else's, which is why people end up in the wrong churches and following the wrong leaders for 10 or 15 years and don't know why and then get treated like trash talking about, but I thought this was my destiny. No, you wanted God's destiny for you. You didn't like People don't want hardness. We, we don't, you know, Paul told Timothy, endure hardness like a good soldier. He said, endure hardness. He said, like a good, because the path to greatness has to prove itself. You cannot, anybody can put you in a big seat because you look like it, your grandpa's, somebody's grandchild or relative nepotism can put you a lot of places, but only excellence can keep you there. And see, you can sit there, and and, and the last thing you want is to be put in the seat because of nepotism, and everybody knows that's the only reason you're in that seat. You don't bring anything to the job. You don't bring anything to the table. You don't bring anything to the experience. But let's go back to this forbearance. So he said to me, he said, sometimes I let them find out in their older age to see if one of two things have happened. Actually, one of three. He said, I want them to know that the call went nowhere, which is what you just said. He said, and I want them to know that I gave them another chance. But the last thing I want want them to know is whether or not they were worthy of the call in the first place. Because if you can put it off twice, you're not worthy. If you can put it off once. He said, if anybody put his hand to the cloud and turned back, not worthy of me. And so God's got this system so sold up that even his adversary can make it look like him. And so you really, if you don't have spiritual discernment, et cetera, you really don't know that you have served the wrong Jesus all those years. But I will say to all of you all, because many of you all, we've seen them go back. If I had the number, the people who just go back, go back, and that work dies. They go back, the work dies. They go back, the person dies. They go back, the life dies. They go back, 
And when they go back, they say, wow, I miss God. Yeah, again, again. This is the point. I'm speaking very sternly today because some of you are contemplating that. You know, God, call, you say, God, I need a change. You're in your house. I need a change. I need a future. I need this. I need that. God gives it to you. And then you turn around and blow him off again and promise you this, because you did it again, you will sit in a rocking chair and talk about woulda, coulda, shoulda, while you see the thing that you spurned grow into a mighty oak to take over the world. Wow. This is important, people. It is so important that you listen to what I'm saying. If God is giving you a second go-round, don't make the same mistake. Don't prove that you're the same person and that you didn't, you didn't even deserve the first one because you can't recognize and pursue the second. It happens. And, you know, actually, we hear it all the time. You know, and you're an advisor. You know, you advise, what, several people a week. You have a full schedule. And they'll start out, I know this is God. I know this is God. I know this is God. Sometimes it's better to say, I hope this is God. Because <laughs> right. then you don't look like an idiot when you walk away after you've made all these vows and pledges and stuff. You look stupid. And everybody knows you're an idiot. I mean, come on. People are looking for truth. So if you don't know it's God yourself, praying, I'm praying it's God. Okay, God bless you. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. But some of you all know God. God brought you from death. I'm looking at a woman. She was on her death. And actually, I'm telling you, I'm telling you the story, what I'm seeing in spirit. He, she was laid out in the hospital on her deathbed. And I'm looking at her. She, and she turned around, and, and Jesus literally visited her because it was time for her to go, God, I promise you, if you raise me up, Lord, I promise you I will serve you. That woman did not honor her word. How many of you all promised God that he could ask anything of you, you would do it because you're so grateful that he saved your son, saved your daughter, saved your business or your marriage, that he got your job going, he got your promotion going, he's got your business going, whatever. And you all out there, uh, and, and God's coming for, he's coming for his promise. You've made a vow. He's got, you know, talk about forbearance. Okay. Here's my note. My promissory note, says the Lord. Okay? And what did you say? Lord, I would if I could, but I'm too busy enjoying your blessings to honor my word to you. I'm too busy prospering and thriving off of your goodness, off of you keeping your word. This is an important thing to God these days because God told me, I'm telling you, because he said to me, I'm telling you, I'm coming for it. He said, and if, help me, Jesus, come on. Oh, Lord, I got with you. Oh, here it is. I got this. I was like, where am I going? I couldn't find it. My hand was up. I couldn't. Luke 13, I will never forget when Jesus gave the parable of the tree. And he said, I've come home. I've come these three times. This thing is born no fruit. And so the vine dresser said, give me one, just, just one more time, just one more year. And some of you all had one more year, one more year to bear fruit to the king, to give him the fruit that he's entitled to. And he comes and he says, okay, forget it, cut it down. And even when your mentor can't get you to bear fruit. See, a lot of times mentors are those vine dressers. They're the ones that try to get you to bear fruit. The mentor, the, the teacher, the trainer, the educator, whatever, they're trying to, they're the vine dresser, and they're trying to get you to bear fruit. And no matter what they do, trim, best water, no water, nutrients, whatever, you can't bear fruit to God. 
because it's not in you to give the Lord what he wants. Now, that's not a lot of you, but there are a few. Thank God it's not a lot, huh? But there are a few. What is it? You guys rolling with me today? I want you to understand, if you make God a promise, you need to keep your promise. Because even if you don't keep it, God, even if you don't keep it and you live a good, healthy life, etc., the harvest that your children would get from your inher- as an inheritance won't be there. A lot of us broken promise have broken our kids. It's broken their banks, etc., because you were supposed to accumulate a particular amount of wealth or prosperity or property or, or, or something a lot, or even even business or activity, and you didn't do it. So you didn't do it. There's nothing to pass on to your children. Nothing. And so the good man leaves an inheritance to his children and his children's children. And you all are, are, are sitting here now crying because you won't do it. I want to say one more thing, Ashley, that I'm, I'm going to go on. But I have to say, God is just running. He's just, yeah. It's like this river is spewing out of my mouth. It's like I need them to hear. I'm giving them one more chance. I need them to hear. But I tell people often, like people will come to me and say, you know, um, you know, I was wondering if I should go to school. I'm not sure if I can go to school because if I go to school, you know, and they only think the hardship. And I always tell them this, and I told you that, but school is more than education. School is connections. School is contact. School is colleagues for the future. School is, is future access. There's a whole lot more to going to school and finishing school than, than book learning. There is those, the, the meeting people that you couldn't meet in any other way or any other venue, whether it's your professors in the school or whether it's your classmates. You all, some of you all, because we have been taught this isolation Christianity where everybody has to be my, me, myself, and I alone with the Lord. And you have no hope. You have no connections. You have nobody to call when you get in trouble. No phone calls, nothing. You have zip because you don't have the experience. You've not built up any colleagues, no relationship, no friends, nobody to collaborate with. You have nobody to even give you counsel or advice. Are you all listening to me? See, school is more than book learning, and you need to go to school so that you can connect with your future. It doesn't just degree you or educate you or diploma you for your future so that you can connect with your future, the sphere of your future. And people don't tell you that. All they, you know, because the people who aren't enjoying it, they're not going to tell you because you're going to be a rival. And the people who aren't doing it are going to encourage you to be like them. Isn't that a powerful thought? It is. I mean, we some of our greatest connections in life. Well, we all found each other because of school. Exactly. With you and even other connections in other fields and everything, we're from school. And help. You all's connections were so strong. The help, we got help. We got existence. We got all kinds of access. Your school is an access. It, it, it is a, a punched card for your future. And I pray, I don't, whoever I'm talking to, I, I pray that this is landing on good ground and that you will get it. But you have got to start understanding greatness it does not knock on your door. You chase it down. You have to chase greatness. You have to pursue it. And you've got to make up your mind that it's due you. you got to go and get your due. Hallelujah. Any more comments? Oh, many more comments. So while you shut that strong man down, <laughs> uh, you are talking to me. Someone said you are talking to me. Amen. Amen. Well, and now we're going to let Prophet Adia talk to them. Yes. 
<laughs> yes, amen. Amen. Powerful, powerful today. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned some of the quotes I was going to pull out earlier, but I think that that last quote that you just ended on is, is, is where we need to be. Greatness does not knock. You have to pursue greatness. So um, I think that, you know, if you're on the line today and you're saying, this is me, don't hesitate. Go online right now, priceuniversity.org. You can view the programs we have. And you can also contact us to schedule a consultation, and we'll sit down with you and help you determine which program is best for you. So don't hesitate to do this. Go right now, priceuniversity.org, and get started on your own journey to greatness and to the things that God has called you to do. Isn't that powerful? It is. Well, I'm going to switch to you, but I want to remind you all, my date is also coming up for uh, Prophetic Ed Portman. Yay! Hallelujah with Prophet Dr. Earl Spears and Apostle Stephen Hall and all we else we got there. They're, they're doing a wonderful bang-up job there. So, listen, uh, Prophet Adir is going to tell you all about it. So if you're in that area and you want to be a part of the prophetic ed and the prophetic edge of the future, then you need to join me in Portland. All right, Prophet Adir, it's on you. All right, let's go to Blog Talk if you're on Periscope. The rest of you have a great afternoon and have a good lunch for me. God bless you. All right. You've been listening live to the Paula Price Show today. We are here every Thursday with broadcast live from blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. Again, blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show is where we broadcast from every Thursday from 11 a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. We want to give those a chance that are transitioning over from Periscope to jump on the line, jump on the line with us. If you are listening with us now and you'd like to speak to Dr. Price in the second hour, we just need you to press that number one right now so that we can go ahead and get to your call. want to let you know a few details about some of the things that you've heard today. You just heard us talking about enrolling into the fall semester for Price University. The, in, the application deadline to submit your application is Tuesday, September 5th. Again, Tuesday, September 5th is the deadline to get your application in for consideration for fall semester. We have online classes and on site classes. So if you're in the Tulsa area or in the surrounding area and you want to be a commuter into Tulsa or you want to come to the facility, you can take, you can register for on-site classes. Um, if you are abroad in another state, another city, you can do online classes. But you register and you begin your application process in one place, and that is online at priceuniversity.org. Just click apply now, and this is going to get the process started. We'll sit down with you. We'll talk with you about your goals, and we'll help you determine the program that's right for you. So, again, visit us online today at priceuniversity.org, master's and doctoral programs, as well as other classes and courses that will be made available as well. So you don't want to miss out on this. Tuesday, September 5th is the last day for applications for fall semester. So don't miss out on the deadline. Visit us online. We'll be happy to answer any questions that you may have. You can call us at 877-419-1299. Again, 877-419-1299. We'll talk with you about courses. We'll talk with you about programs. If you give us a call at 877-419-1299. All right, up. Coming Portland, October 
6th through the 8th. Dr. Price will be in Portland with Dr. Ulf Spears, Apostle Stephen Holt, and her own prophetic company as well will be there in the Portland, Oregon area, October 6th through the 8th. And that is coming up. That is Prophetic Ed. Uh, I want you guys to grab something, to jot some notes down. I want to give you a website that you can go to. In fact, what we'll do is we'll put the, we'll put a button right there on Dr. site that you can go directly to the website to get yourself registered for Prophetic Ed. So if you're going to be in that area, those dates again are October 6th through the 8th. October 6th through the 8th. Look on drpaulaprice.com for a button that'll lead you right there to Prophetic Ed website so you can get yourself registered. Coming up in November, November 15th through the 18th, we're going to be hosting in Tulsa our annual Apostleship Summit. Guys, do not miss out on this. It is going to be a powerful time. Join us here in Tulsa, especially if you missed joining us in June. Take advantage of this. This is our last major event of the year. So uh, November 15th through the 18th, it's the week before Thanksgiving right here in Tulsa. We are hosting our annual New Era Apostleship Summit. You can find out all the registration details online at drpaulaaprice.com. Click events, and then you'll be able to go there and get registered. I just want to give you the deadlines for early bird and for the buy one, get one. Buy one, get one. That ends September 30th. Buy one, get one is over September 30th. So don't miss out on that deal. It's buy one for 70, get one for 70. So essentially it's 140 for a buy one, get one ticket. And that will get you two admissions into the event. Early bird ends on October 15th and early bird is $99 per person. After the 15th of October, the price is going to go up to 125 per person for individual registrations. So join us and don't delay. Take advantage of the BOGO special right now, drpaulaaprice.com. Big shout out to those who will listen later and will go on and register. All right, much love and shout out to our Facebook audience, our Twitter audience. I'm going to tell you really quickly how you can follow Dr. Price online, and then we're going to go ahead and get to your calls. Dr. Price is online at facebook.com slash drpaulaprice. You can visit her there, click like on her page for instant notifications every time she's posting something, every time she's about to go live, and you can also check out her videos there. If you are on Twitter, her handle on Twitter is at Dr. Paula Price, at Dr. Paula Price. If you have not followed her on Twitter yet and you use Twitter, what are you waiting for? Follow her there on Twitter. You'll get instant notifications every time she's about to scope. So join her there, Twitter, and her handle is at Dr. Paula Price. You can join our mailing list online at drpaulaaprice.com. All right, press that number one to speak with Dr. Price in this second hour. Prophet Ashley, back to you. All right, thank you, Prophet Adia. We'll be right back after these messages. Have you ever wondered, why do I hear from God? Is what happens when I pray normal? Why do I think so differently? Is my relationship with God unusual? How do I explain my experiences with God? Does anyone else experience these things? I have so many talents, but how do I find my purpose? I know I'm called to ministry, but where do I begin? These daily questions lead to one solution. Introducing the Standardized Ministry Assessments Series. What was on God's mind when He made you? Find out how our assessments can help you uncover your greatest mystery, you. 
Our standardized ministry assessments consist of 800 ministry-specific questions, 114 ministry-based categories, 50 ministry classifications, a comprehensive gift analysis, five-fold office identifiers, automatic response indicators, targeted benchmark scoring, automated result interpretations, custom readiness path options, call-specific recommendations, personal ministry advisement. Is this basically a personality test? No. Your results are custom designed and not based on the traditional data used to determine your personality type or IQ. Instead, your results come from you, how you think, and what you believe, not predetermined categories into which you must loosely fit. Dr. Paula Price's nearly 25 years of research and experience see to that. How is this different from a spiritual gift test? Our assessments are not a test and assess more than just your spiritual gift, what you are good at and may be interested in doing for your church. We help you define your ministry calling, how ready you are to do it full-time, the type of training you need to do it well, and the best place for you to prosper whether in or out of the church. They don't just give you a number, they give you a life plan. We offer three levels of assessments. The Ministry Assessment Questionnaire, the Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire, the Apostolic Diagnostic. So what's your ministry IQ? Discover yours today. www.drpaulaprice.com or call 877-649-PPMG. I, I wanted to take a few minutes to tell you why you want to get this course. Yes, you want to know who you are. Yes, you want to know what God sent you to do. But it is not enough to know thyself. You need to know those that the Lord has assigned to work with you, to labor with you, to understand you, to hold up your hands, and to understand that they are not just volunteers helping out, but they are fixtures. They are affixed to your commission. They are your fixtures. They are your pillars, your founders, your ground. They are your communicators, your extenders, whatever you want to call them, and it's all of that. You need someone to fit all of those capacities. And so I want you to consider using my brand new teaching, building your commission team stage one, if you're an apostle or an apostolic minister, because it's all the same. But what distinguishes what this teaching does is not that we're telling people about their ministry. No, we're taking people who are already in ministry or who are predisposed to ministry and who are competent or show potential for competency. And we're telling them, you're assigned to not just help me preach the word or help me spread the word, you're assigned to help me establish something in the earth, build it from the ground up or fortify it if it's already in existence and expand it. You want a commission team is about perpetuity, not just performance. And that is what commission training is. So may I encourage you to go to my website and to click I want this commission team. You can go to ppmglobalresources.com and say, I didn't understand it. Now I know. And it's going to give you a blueprint. And then it's going to give you criteria, and it's going to give you standards, and it's going to give you protocols, but it's also going to give you some policies and procedures as well as practices. And all together, we come alongside you 
as you begin to identify those that God's called to help you do more than go on a mission. We want to help you identify those who are called to become fixtures of your apostleship commission, of your apostolic commission. Again, that's drpaulaprice.com or ppmglobalresources.com. Hey guys, this is Mr. Dia from Saturday Morning Kids. Every Saturday, we post a brand new episode full of God's power, full of God's word, just for kids ages 8 through 12. Subscribe to us on YouTube under Kingdom 5 Student Ministries. That's Kingdom 5 Student Ministries only on YouTube. Kids, I'm talking to you. We're diving into purpose, destiny, and God's plan for our lives. So I'll see you every Saturday for Saturday Morning Kids. All right, and welcome back to the Paula Price Show for Hour 2 with Dr. Paula A. Price. Got to say the A, Dr. Price. It's just not the same without it. We just need the A. Yes. All we need is the A, huh? That's it. That's the motto I live by. Uh, yeah, I was trying to figure out. I said, well, I guess in the end, uh, we just say the Paula A, and everybody distinguishes and know that that is me. Okay, how are we doing? Do we have people who would like to talk to me today? We have people who want to talk today. First up is Jasmine from California, and she has a question. How do you know the difference between a demonic attack and God shifting you? Jasmine, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hi, Dr. Price. Good morning or good afternoon. How are you? I am fine. Yeah, because it's kind of like morning for you still, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, it is. So I have one quick question for you. So uh, okay. when you're when you're on a journey or a certain path in life, um, it's pretty common to go through obstacles and setbacks. Uh, but how do you differentiate between those obstacles? Um, because it seems like you could either uh, you know keep going through these setbacks because, or you, you're going through setbacks because um, maybe one Satan is attacking to get you out of God's will, or two maybe God is allowing uh, testing trials to strengthen you, or maybe three God Himself to move you. Um, because you're not in his will. So how do you know the difference between, you know, certain experiences that you have for, you know, trying to figure out what these setbacks are? Okay. Now, you say they're repetitive? I'm sorry? The setbacks are repetitive? Uh, yeah. They keep they keep repeating themselves? Well, yeah, you just keep going through obstacles over and over and over again. And, um, you know, maybe this is, you know, you're trying to figure out, you know, what 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 does this mean? You know, do you keep going through it, or you know, you know what what's happening there? Great question, Jasmine. I'm glad you gave us an opportunity to speak on this, and I'll tell you why. First of all, if this is a, a demonic attack, a demonic attack is usually attached to something that you're doing that engages both spiritual and natural things or people. For example, um, if you are if you're having a constant recurrence of something. It first, to classify it as a demonic attack means it has to be demonic. You know, it cannot just mm-hmm. be, it has to be demonic. Like, for example, there are people who watch a whole lot of horror movies. There are people mm-hmm. who watch a whole lot of sci-fi. You know, so that's, that's a gateway. There are people who are, whose family members could be praying them in or out of something, and it's not the will of God, so they're actually, you know, being kind of duped. So there's that as well as being in relationships. I've found that most of the demonic attacks that we have explored are rooted in either being in under a spiritual leader who is in the occult, 
on some way okay. or, you know, or under or in a relationship. And when I say relationship, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend who is in that and, and just doesn't think anything's wrong with it. So that's the first piece. So demonic attack, you have to kind of source out why you think it's demonic and why God is not backing Satan down in your life. Okay. Because that's an important thing. So you have to source that out. I have found, my experience has been that repetitive breakthroughs is because we are hard-headed. We see life one way. We see achieving something one way. We see going after the word of the Lord one way. And because we only see it one way, every time God brings the opportunity around, we approach it the very same way. Mm -hmm. Most times, because we get a prophecy or the Lord speaks to us in a dream or vision, very often we look, we take that and we assume that God just gave us the, you know, the heading. This is the header, and we'll take the lead. And so we'll just keep, we'll do it as we know to do it. There is a, I have a class that, uh, that I teach. I, I think it might be on my uh, Paula Price TV talking about the process of prophecy, you know, prophecy timeline. We have heard, so, we've been so convinced that it's instantaneous or that it's on demand that we don't realize that there are various stages and steps, et cetera, to making that happen. So mm-hmm. I have found until we change and sh- until we're willing to do it God's way, we'll keep failing. For example, Jasmine, there is a, 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 the account in the Bible where God kept telling Israel to go out and fight, and then they fail. They lose the battle. They get up and go out and fight, and then they lose the battle. And so as yeah. I was reading the account, I said, well, God, why did you keep doing it? He said, because they wouldn't turn, take time to learn the war. They would never learn from their mistakes. And so oftentimes we'll keep doing that, even if it's engaging the same people to help us or going to the same store, whatever. And God has to work that perspective out of you so that his perspective could come in. And many times it could be because of our education, family upbringing, hearts, desires, losses, lacks, you you get the point. But Uh when you have repetitive obstacles, there is always because they're tied to an, to an opportunity that God wants to give you, but you would blow any other way. So he's getting all your mistakes out of the way. Kind of like Thomas Edison, well, we know how not to do it. So you have to learn yeah. all of the that it doesn't work. And if you're astute or with a, a good mentor, um, they can help you go and say, all right, well, let's just look at this. Because when you look at your, I bet you today, as a matter of fact, I'll give you an assignment just because it would be helpful. You end up, let's say tonight you go home after work, you sit down, and you write your repetitive, just keep writing, write them out, all of them. Just make sure that they're all there, very clear. Put them on separate Uh pieces of paper. Look at the commonalities. Look at the differences. Look at the patterns. Look at your habits. Okay. When you do that, you're going to find out where the problem is, where the breakdown is, because you are going to see it outside of your passion, your defenses, your protections, and all of those other things that we do. For example, Christians are hard to to, to correct because they've been told that there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. So correction's out the door. So even if somebody knows how to help you, they won't tell you. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Because they they know you're going to go all religious. And I'm saying you, you, not you personally, but you get my point. But the Christians will go all religious, and then they'll go quoting scripture, and then they go binding you and devils and carrying on, and before it's all over, folks say, let's stand your man, you know? So that is a whole other thing I I strongly believe uh, is what happens to many Christians, because I've tried it. I've got people in my church, so so they're going to tell me why their failure is not really a failure, even though you came to me for counsel. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So there has to be a willingness to learn and openness to learn. So when I think about you right now, I think that more than demonic, it is truly God walking you around that mountain, around that mountain until you stop stepping on that wall, um, rock, stop stumping your toe, stop jumping ahead of him. There are a lot of lessons to winning in God, and most of them are very painful before they become Mm -hmm. productive. Yeah, I agree. Does that help you? Yeah, yeah, I, yep, I, that, yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, yep, that's, uh, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. So, so. I, and even if it's a satanic edge, Jasmine, because God will often use the enemy to he said blows and hurts, but even if he does, it still serves God's purpose. You think about Job. Job's calling mm-hmm. was to be the greatest man in the planet. Now, he was already great, but he was great for his own reasons, and then God needed Job to be great for his reasons. Um, you know, as the Lord. And so God released Satan. He gave him permission. He, Peter, Peter's got Jesus' boy. You know, Peter is, um, you know, Peter and Jesus, come on. And yet yeah. when every time God turned around, Peter was yielding to Satan and didn't realize it. Hmm. He, okay. he him, and then he says, Satan has desired you to sift you as wheat. But I pray for you that your faith fail not. Because if you're called to be great in God, you've got to know God's enemy. Mm-hmm. And you've got to yeah. be you know, very familiar and, and very, uh, very uh, astute in knowing, but also very capable in deflecting. Because Peter had to go through that because Peter was going to sit on top of the kingdom that Jesus had already commissioned to take over the world. Mm-hmm. And so and, who was uh, first yeah, who was the first ahead. person to meet Jesus in the wilderness? Mhm. Yeah, you're right. I'm saying in God's so, will and knowing His voice, and personally, I think that would help guide me as well. Mhm. And so, if you want, because there's a lot more exploration, I think a lot of exploration needs to happen here that cannot happen in this call. I strongly suggest that you go to my website and sign up for a prophetic advisement because there are things okay. that people gone ahead of you know and can discern just on certain conversations and certain uh, words or phrases. But if I just left it right here, I'd have to say that the three things you are fighting with is, number one, letting God be God. It seems like you have people in your ear or people around you that are giving you ill advice. It's not evil. It's just ill. It's like, you know, it's not useful to you, and it's hindering your process. That's the first thing. The second one is that you have a, 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 a definitely sincere destiny, and it is very involved. It's very engaged, but it's bigger than your mind can entertain. So you're only getting pieces of it. Part of this repetition is dealing with all of the little pieces that need to mm-hmm. be in your perspective. And then the third one, which I think is very important, is that God wants you to learn his Bible. His his, his value? His Bible. Oh, his Bible. Okay. Okay. He wants you in that book because there is a wisdom you need that will only come out of his book. Okay. I can do that. I can do that. So, so I've been trying to, like, like you said, I've been trying to, um, you know, consistently just go – uh, before the Lord every day in the Word and prayer um, every morning. And sometimes, I admittedly, I do fall off, but, you know, just trying to, you know, form that relationship with Him is what I'm seeking after. And, you know, um, uh, that's my one of my goals for right now. 
Well, I think it's a very worthy goal, but let me tell you something. Studying the word for what you want and studying the word for your devotions is very different than having a pure, clean, no motive or anything study or examination of God's word. And I say that because there are ways he can take you have no agenda. There are ways he can take you in his word that he can't take you if you're following your devotional path or you're mm. looking for him to answer certain things. So I really suggest you take a, a very qual- high-quality Bible education program. Um, I don't, you know, a lot of them that I've seen, I can't really say which one is better than the others because it mm-hmm. has to do with who God is using you to become. But I will tell you this, th- there is a knowledge of God. We found out even in coming uh, into this day in our ministry, we found out that there are ways, things we thought about God were just crazy. And, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we got those kind of, just those little points, those dark points and those little, you know, kind of yeah. points. And But yet those points are instrumental to how God will use us in the future. So he will tell you, no, uh-uh, read, and you can't, he can't get it across to you until you read it. When you read it, he'll start talking about it. And he'll say, mm-hmm. that's not, hey, I don't think like that, or that isn't, or you need to, or whatever. So may I strongly suggest you do that. Um, get on, okay. you know, take it. Follow me Bible education program and learn God as he is, not for what okay. he can do, not for how you've known him, not for how your preacher likes him. Learn God as he is. Yes. Got it. All right. Got Let's it. pray. I Father, I can do that. I'm asking you, God, to continue to, to finish the counsel that I initiated with Jasmine today. Lord, leader and guide her by your Holy Spirit into all truth. Show her who you are, how you think, and how you do business. And God, be her coach and her teacher until you set her with the ones that you have ordained to bring her into the enlightenment of truth that she has to have to fulfill her reason for your making her and putting her into earth. We bless you for it all, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Price. I appreciate it. I'll definitely take your suggestions. Okay. God bless you. I wish you all the best. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Prophet? All right, Dr. Price. Next up we have on the line is Lenny from New Jersey, and he Lenny's calling in today for prayer for employment. Lenny, Welcome to the Paula Price Show. How you doing, Dr. Price? I am wonderful, Lenny. How are you doing from my home state? All right. I'm doing well, thank you. Good, well. good. How can, I, how can I help you? I just called in for prayer, for employment. I lost my job in the June. So just, uh, you know, calling in, to, calling in for prayer to stay uh that fast, and uh, you know, just just need a reminder that uh, you know it's in Lord, it's in God's hands, and, and not man. So you know, it can be a little frustrating uh, going through the uh, job search, you know, doing all the applications and making all the phone calls, uh, which is demand, which is man's way of uh, trying to find a job, and just uh, trying to remember that it's in God's hands. Well, it is frustrating, and, and you know, you have to have a very powerful. Uh, resolve to go out and look for a job today. Let me ask you, Lenny, what is your profession? What are your skills, sir? I am an educator. I'm an athletic director. Excellent, excellent. And so you're looking for a job, obviously, in that capacity. Is that right? Yes, that's 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking there and then maybe looking, you know, thinking about maybe trying to find a different career path if, uh, if I'm led that way. Um, I am looking in that direction, though. Well, I think that's a great direction. I just want to throw one other thing out there to you, Lenny. As you were telling me, I also think that, because do you work in schools? Is that what you've been working in? Yes, absolutely. Okay. High schools. Because I see you also applying for uh, that kind of, um, you know, athletic, uh, uh, fitness is what I'm thinking, fitness in in the uh, corporate sector too. I think you're narrowing your pool. I see you getting a job in a corporate sector as the fitness person on site for their um, health and wellness department in their in the in the job. You understand what I'm saying? I do, I do. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't looked in that area, but uh, I will now. Yeah, I, what, that's what I clearly when you told me what you did, and, and it was like, you know, school's good. And that's fine. Don't give up on anything because you might need to do something temporarily just to make sure you keep, you know, whatever. Don't buy into the if it's God, he's going to bring it to me. Don't buy into that. You have to pursue this. But I think that you should probably connect with some sort of um, person who can write your resume and, and start seeing yourself as that because the Holy Spirit is telling me that that is getting ready to be a wide open field as more and more businesses um, require their their employees to be in shape. And so, so some will have gyms online. You could be a fitness trainer or something like that. I think that's where God is going to lead you. So I'm going to ask him to take over this charge and to begin to direct your path. How's that? Yeah, I mean, that sounds good. I know I have heard and read some information on that field, and it has, you know, it is a growing field. So, um, I just didn't really think about looking in that area. So it sounds great. Yeah, well, I know it. <laughs> it does sound good, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> you know, and you may need to take some classes or something like that to just kind of uh, redirect your focus and to redirect your skill set. And also, I keep telling people, classes, you meet people in classes. You don't know a lot of things if you're not in the field. So follow up on that as well. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, Dr. All right. Price, I appreciate it. Let me pray. Father, I thank you so much for Lenny. I thank you for opening up my eyes to see your call in his life and for giving me the privilege of speaking into his future. I'm asking now that you take this over, Holy Spirit. You begin to guide his steps, guide his connections, and, Lord, lead him to the place that you've already marked out for him. And I thank you for doing it quickly. Ah, <clears throat> Father, I get it. Boom, just. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. God bless. God bless. Keep us God bless you, too. Okay, All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dr. Ashley? All right, Dr. Price. Next up, we have on the line Chris from Georgia, and she is calling in today to give you a one-year update concerning uh, the word that you gave her a year ago. Chris, welcome back to the Paul Price Show. Hello. Hi, Dr. Price. Hi, Chris. I'm excited about this update. (laughs) I'm excited to finally give it. It took a couple tries, but I got through this time. Amen. So So I called in last year uh, in August. It was the first week in August because I had just moved from Los Angeles, California to Atlanta, Georgia to um, assistant caring for my mother. 
And uh, now it has been one year. A lot has transpired. Um, you really, really labored in the word of the Lord for me uh, during that call. And I've been really trying to walk that out over the last year. Um, you mentioned some things about my mother and how caring for her was going to take more time than I initially thought. And that was right on target. My mom now lives with me full time here in Atlanta. And um, you you really mostly pressed in about uh, an entrepreneurial venture and things that God was calling me to do in business. And so I have really been pressing into that. You spoke about classes, training, and all of that. I've enrolled in a program, gone through that training, taken classes, gone to conferences, um, joined a trade group and all of that. Um, I am I have the articles of incorporation done. I'm completely incorporated. The bank account is done. The, um, you know, business license, all that stuff has, has been given. So I'm, I'm in the final phases of being able to launch day-to-day operations, and it'll be part-time. Um, but I am down to, like, my two major components, uh, and one of which is a marketing plan because it's, you know, the business hangs very heavily on marketing. And um, so I did uh, ask for prayer when I came to church online on Sunday, and uh, Prophet Ashley prayed for me and mentioned a couple business, uh, a couple pieces I needed, uh, connections I needed. And so uh, since then I have made some connections in the last couple of days, and I'm pressing into that. So um, I've been busy. I took the job you told me to take. <laughs> And uh, so I'm I'm here currently doing that, and um, you know so it's just been an incredible year. A lot has unfolded, uh, but I do you know feel very close to coming into you know the fullness of that word. And if you could just pray for me for for that to uh, to step all the way into into that. That's excellent. Now, is it possible for you to let us know what the business is, or you or would you prefer not? Either way, it's okay with me. Oh no. It's it's fine. I'm a I'm a trained real estate developer, and so I've done real estate investing in the past. Um, I started real estate investing when I was about 21, uh, and I'm 40 now. So it's been off and on for a number of years, and um, and so I um, had already purposed in my heart that I was going to get back into it when I was living in Los Angeles. It's just that things took that drastic turn once I felt that I needed to relocate to care for my mother. So um, I, w- I was already moving back into that direction again. Um, I don't want to start developing right off the bat because I've done it, so I know what it, <laughs> what it takes to do it. Uh, but I did want to start off uh, really just kind of buying and selling properties at this point and, um, and maybe bringing in, uh, you know, some assets under management to just kind of build up a cash flow before I start um, before I start developing again. So it's it's about three different phases to the plan for the business, and I'm just, you know, really trying to break into the first phase. Okay, so then I will I will pray for that. Um, let me ask you, have you connected? I know you said you had the trade thing. Um, you made some trade uh, memberships and you've connected to with some conferences and whatnot. But I just keep thinking, because you're new in the city, there is some sort of um, – group or agency that would be that you could connect with that would that you'd be able to get 
through, because uh, you need somebody to put you through, to lead you through it all. Um, <laughs> and I know you I know you took the classes. It may be one of your teachers in the classes. They tend to be very um, helpful. But I'm going to pray that God gives you the connection um, with this person. And it's really interesting because it's, a, it's, it's I see the person. It's a woman. She's kind of athletic, pretty well off. But she's not someone that you would really uh, take to. But yet okay. God wants to see somebody who would get you through. So uh, okay. I'm going to pray for that. You know, because the hardest thing for us as Christians is to stay Christian and to be pragmatic. Uh-huh. You know, we have to be pragmatic. Sometimes you just got to get along, but to get along to make it happen. Because in, in the end, we're still on the same planet. You know, we're all here together trying to survive. And we want to uh-huh. survive. And we want to do our best while we each hold up our God, hold up our covenants with our God, but also bring in that kind of um, uh, success that makes it all, that ties it all together. So, Father, I thank you so, so very much, God, for all that you have done and all that you're doing right now with Chris. Lord, she's been faithful, and she's done all her work. You know, she's performed her due diligence, if we will, if you will, God. And so I thank you for that. I thank you for blessing all that she's done. Now, Lord, I'm opening up that city to her. I'm opening up that field to her. I'm opening up the professionals to her by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Ghost. And, Lord, we thank you. I thank you today that you give her the connections that will get it done, that will lead her and and really give her that straight path instead of the circuitous one that the enemy wants, give her that straight path to what you've ordained, the reason you sent her here, and how you'll make it happen. I remove obstacles out of her way. I reset. Lord, I reset the plan and the plots of the enemy so the distraction, delay, and everything related to them will not hinder her. I give her a hinder-free hinder environment to go forward in this vision. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. All right. right. Keep me posted. Okay, and I will see you. I'll be there for service um, the last weekend in September, so I'll see you there. Oh, great. That's exciting. Can't wait to see you then. God bless. God bless. Bye. Bye-bye. Prophet Ashley? I tell you, you just never know who's going to show up in Tulsa. <laughs> uh, baby, they show up, but we've been having a good show up time here. I've been, I have loved every moment of it. <laughs> All right. Next we have on the line Deborah from Canada. She was just here, actually. Scouting out Price University, and she's calling in today for prayer for her father. He is having chronic issues on his job. Deborah, welcome to the Paul Price Show. Good afternoon, Dr. Price. Good afternoon, Deborah. Good to hear your voice again. How are things going with you? Um, it is going. It is going. Um, thank you so much for having us over at Tulsa. Um, um, the, and also thank you so much for all the teachings that you're doing. It's really um, helping uh, me grow in Christ, and I thank you for that. Um, today, um, I wanted to call and ask for your prayer. Um, as Dr. Ashley has said, um, it's been a re- repeating uh, pardon, um, um, and it's like it's ongoing where he gets a job, and a lot of things happen, and he just have a hard time. Um, at work, and even tomorrow they have called him to come in at 10 a.m., and we just don't know what it will happen. And I, I just want, uh, like, um, I mean, as a child, it's very um, frustrating to see 
um, like your father or your parents um, go through um, some hard time. And I just, I just, I'm just praying that that, that God um, would intervene on on um, the family's behalf. Then let's get to prayer. We don't have to belabor the point. Father God, I thank you so very much for being our God. Lord, you're our solution and you're our answer when all things on earth seem to be blocked up and 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 dark and, and impossible. So God, I right now send forth the rays of your light, the your brilliance on this situation, God, to begin to expose the truth, to expose what's in the darkness, to expose the darkness that's working in this situation, and God, to reveal the culprit with solution. I'm asking that you would be his advocate and take up his cause in this matter, Father, in Jesus' name, and that you would resolve it according to your grace, your mercy, and your good pleasure. And we shut down this chronic, harassing spirit that dogs him everywhere he goes. And I'm asking you, Holy Father, to, to do it because you're the great I am and to do it because we have no one on earth who will take up our cause but you, and you are our only help from on high. So I thank you for doing it for her dad and giving her peace in the situation. In, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Um, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Listen, keep us posted and be at peace. It's going to be well. It's going to turn out better than you think. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. Bryce, and hope to see you um, for this call. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're pulling you in. Don't worry about it. God is on it. <laughs> God bless. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Prophet Ashley? All right, Dr. Price, and we have another caller lined up for you. This is Michelle calling from Louisiana, and she has a question. She wants to know if she is on track with her life, Michelle, welcome to the Paul Price Show. I should say welcome back to the Paul Price Show. Well, thank you, and thank you for taking my call. Hello? Yes, hello. How are you? Yes, ma'am. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm ecstatic. God is good. 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 I'm excited about the university, even though I'm trying to enroll and uh, be. I'll be you know, not at the campus, but I'm excited about it. That's wonderful. Well, I think you'll be. I think you'll do well there. I, I'm sure you'll flourish because you're a very heady lady. I guess. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so what's doing? We only have a few minutes, so you're gonna have to hit hit pretty quickly there. Yeah. What is going on yes, in your ma'am. life? I haven't heard your voice in a while. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I have moved to Louisiana, and uh, and I found work, so I feel much, I mean, that is part of a scene a for me, I guess, being independent and all that. So uh, I didn't know anyone here, so it's been interesting, but then I didn't know anyone when I came to Tulsa either. So, I, you know, I have been able to adjust. It was a little shock at first, but I've adjusted, and uh, or am adjusting, I'll put it that way. But I just, you know, I want to know about God's direction. Hopefully I'm on track with it. I mean, Louisiana was not on my radar, but I know that, you know, a person doesn't work to me. So according to his words, I knew that I needed to find gainful employment. But I just, you know, I'm ready to hear whatever you have to say. 
and that's all encompassing. Whatever you have to say, I just I just want to know that, you know, I want to be in God's will. And if I'm not, what I need to do to get there. Well, what makes you question whether or not you're in God's will? What what prompted this question? Uh, when I when I first moved, you know, I did pray about moving, but I, however, am not necessarily the greatest on on knowing if it's God's voice or if it's the flesh or the other third twelve layers of what you can hear. I guess it's supposed to be fourteen, you know, different voices you can hear. Um, and also, you know, I'm I'm a stickler for. I have to have a church wherever I am. I have to know, you know, because I want training and, and that kind of thing. I love the Lord. And, and so that's another thing, you know, that when I moved, I did not know about a church or anything here. So um, that's been, you know, but I have visited several, and I found one, I think. But that's been, you know, an issue with me, of course. So that's, and I'm not, I know I'm not going to find anything necessarily like, like, the Paula Price method, the Dr. Price, you know, but but that's why I want to stay in contact with you through your Paula Price TV and, and different things like that, you know, your your periscopes and stuff like that. But, I mean, that's one of the things, just to move and then, you know, leaving the church where I was and all that. So um, so that's, that's why I'm asking. Well, what I'm going to do is to um... – Pray for you to settle in the church. If you found one you yes, think ma'am. you like, even if you just visit there for a little bit or sojourn there for a little bit, stay there. You need to be in the church. You know, I'm a proponent yes, of that because you need to be on somebody's book so that when God starts covering his churches and providing for his churches, your name is on the roll, and he includes you in that yes, body. I want you to definitely yes, get to do that. Um, secondly, I want you to just... For a moment, let's just spend three, six months, just be still. Just go to work, do your church thing, you know what I mean, and let God settle you in that land. Settle your spirit. You know, just kind of do that. You know, do your training, do your education, however way you're going to do it, but don't try to take on anything in that land as yet. It's just too soon. Yes, ma'am. Okay. You know, and so, okay. you know, you, I'm praying for, I'm, I pray for you to get friends and contacts, at least people to socialize with, um, what, which I think church will definitely help you do. But I really hear God saying, be still and know that I am God. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. You know, because well, you know, I appreciate the, this, that. Yes, ma'am. You know, the enemy wants to put you in this restlessness. I should be doing all of that. God wants to do a lot of healing. I hear the Holy Spirit saying he's going to give you a great, massive healing in that land. And it's going to be soul healing, and you're going to know it. So he needs you to trust him in this and not make a whole lot of, you know, I'm going to go here, work in this ministry, work in that. Don't do that. Just go to your church, enjoy the Lord, mostly enjoy the Lord, and and, and come home, go to your job, whatever you're doing, and let your routine settle in. But don't undertake the things like you, you like to do. God doesn't want you to do anything like that, but learn, learn him and to lean on him, but most of all, to allow him to heal your soul. I keep hearing him saying, but I'm going to give you the breakthrough you want in this land. Yes, ma'am. Okay. okay. So be a peace. Uh, I appreciate it. I receive it. Yes, ma'am. And I want to thank you for loving me. I really do. And others that do. 
I can oh. be a knucklehead. I'm aware of that, but I thank you for that. Well, we're family, you know, and, 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 and family's made of all kinds of people, which is why it's fun to say we got family. So that's all right. It's been <laughs> my pleasure. But I feel good about what God's yes. going to do for you going forward. I really do. So let me pray before we run out of time. Father, in Jesus' okay. name, I thank you for Michelle. Lord, I thank you that she is your, da- your daughter, your daughter. She is your child. You are her father, and she's not let go of that. And so I thank you that you now take over her life, take up her cause as only you can, and lead her to the brook where the water is fresh. She needs fresh water. God, she needs fresh wine. She needs freshness. And so I thank you for doing it. Lord, plant her in the church that you know will be the best for her, that will give her the most nourishment for what she is and for what she needs. And, God, I thank you that you finish what you start with her. In the name of Jesus. Yes, ma'am. Bless you. Thank Amen. you, Father. Amen. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. God bless. God bless you and everybody. At PPO okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Amen. Bye-bye. Well, Prophet Ashley, do you think we can sneak another one in? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did good. We got five, six calls in. Yes, but so do you want to share with our listeners what you want to do this evening? Yes, I almost forgot. Hey, listen, guys, I want you to join me tonight. I'm going to have a special broadcast to talk to you about how to establish and fulfill your purpose and destiny in God. We're going to talk about Price University, but we're also going to talk about some of the things, the elements that you can use for for growing in Christ. And so um, watch Facebook because we're going to uh, post it there. And tell folks, yes, we're going to do that. And we're going to take questions. So if you have some questions you want to know about, you know, how to, how, how to get trained, how do I develop, what's best for me, where do we start, what kind of subject matter is best for me, let's do that tonight. I, I have missed you all, so I just decided that we'll have a special broadcast this evening where we could just talk it out and, uh, and see where God goes. I at least can do it before my classes start because, you know, my classes are going to be Tuesday and Thursday nights. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't you know? And so we will uh, join us tonight, and make sure you tell everybody and pass it around, but it will be about you. How do you do it? If I need to catch up, some of us, how do I catch up in God? I mean, I want to catch up. How do I do it? Others, well, I want to move into this, or I want to move into that, or how do I blend my, my professional calling and my secular job and my secular experience with my destiny, my purpose, and my calling. You'll love it. It'll be great. Join me tonight. And so watch, watch it because we will tell you when it's coming on. Prophet Ashley will have it on Facebook. And make sure you tell everybody who you know in your circle, listen out for it. Until then, have a great afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I will see you Sunday after this evening. I'll see you Sunday for Scripturally Organic, Culturally Unmodified Christianity with the Congregation of the Mighty. God bless you, and good afternoon.